You are listening to a message from Victory Alabang. Get the latest updates by visiting victoryalabang.org or like us on facebook.com slash victoryalabang. We're opening a new series called All and Nothing. Say this to me, All and Nothing. It's not all or nothing, it's all and nothing. Now this will be a seven-week word study on the letter of Paul to the Colossians. Seventh actually is... Uh, it's sort of like our mission Sunday, but you get to talk about Colossians as well. Now, just briefly, let me just uh, take you to our series objective. And this is the heart of our church or uh, pastors. You know, this is our heart. That at the end of this series, all of us will have a greater perspective of the preeminence. Everybody say preeminence of the person of Christ and the completeness of the salvation he provides that will result to living a life that is centered to Him. Now, when we talk about preeminent, we're talking about surpassing all others. That's what it means. Jesus surpasses all others. In other words, He is superior. Now, a shorter version of this objective is this. Very simple. As we understand who Jesus is and all that He has done for us, we will realize that there is nothing more we can add. Meaning, He completes it, He finishes it. Complete is to fulfill, to perfect, not lacking anything. To finish it is to bring it to a close. That's why that song, it is finished. And that's really the work of God. Now, the best equation, uh, Tullian said that uh, Jesus plus nothing equals everything. Or the reverse equation is everything minus Jesus equals nothing. That's why we have the series called all and nothing. Okay? So I want you to stand on your feet. Open your Bibles to Colossians chapter 1, verse 9 to 12. And so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to Him, bearing fruit in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. Verse 11 to 12 says, May you be strengthened with all power according to His glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. Let's, let's pray. Father, we just again come before you, Lord God, with open hearts and open minds. Lord, I stand here, Lord God, um, completely unable to do this without your grace. So I ask God that Holy Spirit, you pour out your spirit to us. Open the spiritual eyes of your people. Speak to our hearts. May we truly understand the scriptures, Lord God. May we understand that you, in Jesus alone, that we are complete. Father, thank you for your holy presence that is here with us. Bless the preaching of your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You can take your seats. As Christian parents, um, we have always, always been in the business of, you know, teaching, guiding, mentoring, coaching our children. You know that. You know what I'm talking about, right? We pray for our children. We, we pray for the best for them. In fact, when they were born in this world, we took on the responsibility of making sure that these kids will grow up in the way of the Lord, right? Obeying the Word of God and doing everything you can. So my wife and I, we, we've always, you know, we've always done everything we can 
to make sure that our children, you know, will know God and will walk in His ways. So we've attended basically all the parenting seminars that we could get. I mean, all from Pastor Steve to Pastor Jojo to Pastor Ariel. We've tried everything. We've, we've, we've brought them to kids' church on Sunday. We've uh, taught the Bible. You know, we've done our part. You know, it's just like every single day, every single day, I'd, I'd speak to my son, my daughter, especially my son. I'd speak to him. You know, you got to, you got to embrace the Word of God, etc., 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 every single day. So I thought, you know, being dad and also pastor, you know, I think I've done my part and basically, you know, downloaded everything I can to make sure that at least for my son, okay, I, I hope he's not here. I made sure that Nathan will not, you know, will not go astray. But, you know, there came a day, he was grade one, about seven years old. I received a letter from the school asking me to come and, you know, join me to a, uh, how do you call that, parent-teachers meeting. We had a meeting. So to cut the long story short, there I was with the principal and sat down and the principal said, um, Pastor, uh, your son, <laughs> Pastor, sort of like transitioning to a pastor, yeah. So they called me pastor. So I was there, sat down, and the principal said, you know, uh, pastor, you know, your, your son is very creative. I'm, oh, thank you, thank you. Yeah, he, he actually loves drawing. Yes, he loves drawing. Yeah, actually, he drew all over the school property. <laughs> and, you know, he wrote on his table, wrote in his office to the walls and all of that. And I just wanted to shrink back and say, Lord, where did I go wrong? But he was seven years old, you know, and, and so I asked him, you know, son, what, what happened? Not that I got bored, so I drew. So, but why did you draw it? I mean, you have paper, you have, you know, why, why draw in the wall? It's nice. <laughs> so I thought, so I thought, you know, you know the greatest fear of a Christian parent, if you're, a, if you're a Christian today and you're a parent, you know, the greatest fear of parent is this. Let me show you. It is when your child grows up in the real world and hears, what? Something new and interesting. And in the course of time, it influences them to go the opposite way, not God's way. I mean, that's the greatest fear. I mean, how many of you can relate to that? All of us, right? I mean, we don't want our child to go stray. But this is, this is the story. Similarly, the story in Colossians is this story. The story of the Colossian church is very, very similar. When they got born again in their faith with Jesus Christ, they love, they love God, right? They, they, in fact, they were commended for their faith. They received the gospel with joy. And as a result with, of that, they loved one another. In fact, they loved the church. It's amazing. It's not, it's not just like they received the salvation and stayed there. No, they received the salvation and yet they, they, they give it to other people. They love people. They love God and they love people. Quite amazing, right? But just like a parent, just like me, if you know Epaphras, everybody say Epaphras. Epaphras is not much known probably in the Bible. You see him only in Colossians. Okay? Epaphras actually was the one who planted this church in Colossae. Epaphras basically got saved in Ephesus when, when uh, the Apostle Paul preached. 
He got saved. He got so on fire. He went to Colossia. He actually preached the gospel and there birthed the Colossian church. It's quite amazing. But he feared, just like a father, he feared what would happen to his children, to the church. Why? Because the church of Colossae was in danger of relapsing to some other beliefs. Gnosticism, Jewish mysticism, and even angel worship, among others. I mean, these were the things that were happening. That's why Epaphras had to travel to Paul in prison, tell the report, and then ask for help. Birthing, birthing the letter to the Colossians. And it's amazing, the whole letter written for the Colossians is so theological. In fact, it is so foundational in our walk with God. Everything. In fact, some of the commentary says that, that Paul wrote Christ or about Christ so much in this letter. Among all other letters he has written, Paul basically wrote a lot about Christ. And when we look at when we look at the, the life of the Colossian church, we'll find out really what God has in store for all of us. And the best way to understand this really is to understand the Roman Empire. Okay, everybody say Roman Empire. Let me show you. Okay. It's quite important that you see the Roman Empire. During this time, okay, when the Colossian church was established, it was under the Roman Empire. Basically, the whole region, that's basically where the authority of the Roman Empire was. Okay? In fact, it's the road. All right? Now, the Romans, the Romans ruled this region for 1,500 years. And under their rule, they were able to build cities, they were able to build trade centers, ports, and the well-known, all roads lead to Rome. In fact, even today, some of the roads are still in existence in Turkey, we see also the bridges that were made. Bridges, can you imagine? Even today, you can find and see that the Roman Empire did a lot of things. Okay? So, if you look at it, they were able to build about 50,000 miles of road. And what happened was, because they built a huge road, all roads lead to Rome, what happened was, they shrunk the world. Meaning, they gave access to the people. In other words, there were so many nationalities that were using the road. It's amazing. You got to see this because, you know, it affects everything about the Colossian church. Why? Because the different cultures, the different uh, belief system, the different food, the different everything, the lifestyle, they were all going into Rome in this region. So can you, can you just look at that? Can you just imagine that? You know, I have a friend. He's a chef. I don't know if he's here. His, his name is Brian. He has this, the meanest tapsilog in Metro Manila. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, that's not you know, I'm not kidding. But if you try his, his tapsilog, it's amazing, this tapsilog, Okay. But the, it's not the usual, okay? It has a certain twist, okay? For the regular tapsilog, you have tapa, sinangag, and itlog, right? Or egg. You have garlic rice, basically, for your tapsilog. But this one, he has kimchi rice. 
whoa. Uh, if you didn't eat lunch, you'll go hungry. Yeah, I know. But think about that. Okay? He had fused this, this famous Filipino dish with a touch of Korean. And that's basically the picture that we are seeing in the Colossian times. There were so many things that were coming in and there were so many things that they were adapting and there were so many beliefs, so many cultures that are coming in that was affecting the way they were walking with God. That's basically why. And one of the things that we need to look at is this this word called universalism. This is one of the things that crept in that church. What does that mean? That means universalism is basically tolerance and acceptance of all kinds of beliefs. Because during the Roman Empire, you all know Pax Romana, right? It's a time of peace because everything was given there. So everything is basically permitted because they don't want to offend anybody. Okay, you can have this religion. You can have that religion. No problem. You can believe whatever you want to believe. Just let's just stay in peace. So that's what's happening. And universalism, even today, is happening in our culture. I have an uncle who said, you know, I think there's only one God. So I said, yes, yes, uncle. I said, yes, there's only one God. Yeah, one God. You believe in your own God. They believe in their own God. They believe the Muslims believe in this God, the Buddhists, etc. So he names all the religions and says, but actually, it's one and the same God. And that's basically his, his perception. That's why he says, you know, so you have to respect the religion of this person, the religion of this person, the religion of this person, because there's only one God. Man, it's kind of like, you know, uh, I accept all the gods. So it's very universal. In food, it's like, you know, going to a buffet line and you say, this is a chicken dish, seafood dish, pork, sausage. You have a flavorful rice. Everything is equally delicious. That's what you're saying. That's how universalism came in. Another thing that came in in that church is called syncretism. Syncretism. Okay, it's my belief is the best because it is the combination of all the beliefs. Basically, I'm a kind of like, you know, I'm a Christian, but I also believe in something else. Like, you know, I'm a Christian and I believe in science. Something like that. Or, I believe that, um, you know, uh, I also believe that uh, this certain uh, anting-anting can also help me. You know what I'm saying? It's syncretism. It's it's just putting it all together and saying, you know, uh, I like this because I can now put it in my religion. You know, as... um, Growing up in a, in a uh, I'm, I'm sure Chinky knows this, you're Chinese, bro, we're Chinese. And growing up in a Chinese uh, Catholic uh, family, we believed in God, we had that, but we also had different statues. Or, yeah, we had Santo Nino, we had Mother Mary, we had St. Martin de Porte. I'm telling you, this is exactly what was happening. And aside from that, aside from all of these, since we were Chinese, we also prayed to our ancestors. We also burned incense in the temple. We were there also uh, burning 
uh, money, I guess. Paper money. <laughs> and you know why? Because, you know, this thing works, that thing works, that worked for my dad, that worked for my grandfather, everything was there. So it's a hodgepodge everything. And that was the kind of religion I was growing up with. So it was really confusing. But that is the thing that was affecting the Colossian church. Today, we, li- we live in this day and age that is so, so very similar to what happened in the Colossians. Why? Why do I say that? There are no more Roman roads, okay? But we do have airplanes that make it easy for travel. In fact, every single day, millions of people travel across the globe. Taking with them their belief system, taking with them everything about their culture, everything. Not only that, you don't have to ride the airplane, you don't have to travel. All you need to do is open your laptop, open your iPad, and then go to this information highway and you say, Google it. Let's just Google it. What's your question? Let's just Google it. Who is God? You Google it and it's going to come out. So it's an information highway right now. The danger today that we all face as Christians is that we're so exposed to an information highway that's so huge that we are now looking at so many, so many information and not able to filter out what is good and what is bad. And realize that it may not be an internet connection in Colossia, but it was the Roman Empire that was bringing this condition. So with all the different things that is happening to us, okay, so many information, so many things that you can find today, books and etc. and etc. This is the question we need to ask ourselves. What can keep you from not turning away from God? What can keep us from not turning away from God? You see, what happened to the Colossian church is actually happening to us today. And the amazing thing about this is that when Paul basically wrote this letter for Epaphras to bring it to Colossia, there's something very important and highly, highly foundational in our, in, our, in our Christian walk. And we want to dig into this and study what really happened. And hopefully we can learn and glean from this. Amen. All right. So are you ready? Okay. Colossians chapter 1, verse 9a says, this is, this is the Apostle Paul. He wrote, And so... From the day we heard what's happened in Colossia, it says, we have not ceased to what? Pray. Paul made it his first business to pray. Not just a one-time, you know, in Jesus' name prayer. No. It was a kind of prayer that was, that was a burden that it doesn't seem to stop because there is a burden that, Lord, please protect this church. Lord, please protect my family. It's that kind of burden saying, No, Lord, I will not stop unless you do something about it. That's the kind of prayer that Paul was praying. He was saying, I will not cease to pray for these people. And let's look at this. There are three prayers I want to share to you today, and hopefully we can glean from this. Okay, there are three prayers I want to share. 
from the Apostle Paul. And let me start with this. The Apostle Paul prayed for fullness. Everybody say fullness. Let's look at the, the scripture, our main text. In Colossians chapter 1, verse 9, And so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be what? Filled with the knowledge of His will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. You see, during those times, you know, the false prophets or teachers that was creeping in the church of Colo, Colo, Colossae, rather, promised a special insight, promised a superior spirituality that was coming. It was like a secret wisdom, if you only follow me. Terms like knowledge, you'll have knowledge, you'll have wisdom, you'll have spiritual understanding. These were all part of a false teacher's vocabulary. And that was creeping in. So what did, what did Paul say? He did not directly rebuke the Colossians, but he put it in prayer. He said that, you know, may you be filled with the knowledge of His will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Paul employs these types of words in prayer. The prayer requested that God fill them with the knowledge of His will. Let me ask you a question today. In a very personal, personal way, do you know God's will for you? Paul exhorts us even today. I mean, think about this. You know, just imagine that Paul was alive today and he was saying, this is my prayer for all of us here in Alabang, that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. You know what fill means? Fill, pleru, a filling out to completeness. Knowledge, on the other hand, I won't read that because I might get a mistake. Okay? But knowledge means a full, deep understanding. So Paul was saying, you know, I'm praying that you will be complete, not lacking in anything. To have this full, under deep understanding of God's will for your life. And if you ask yourself today, do you know God's will for your life? And that's the prayer of the Apostle Paul. It's very important because if you do not know the will of God for your life, any doctrine, any teaching out there will affect you and the way you will look at God. And you need to be careful. Paul says, you need to be filled with this knowledge. Let me, let me show you this Quote says, it is not enough to just know God's will. We are to be filled with the knowledge of His will. The will of God should what? Permeate our very being. That's quite important. Many times you're saying, Pastor, how will I know the will of God? How will I do this? How will and that's exactly what we'll discover today. But the prayer of Paul is the same prayer that we pray for all of you. That all of us may be filled, may be filled with this knowledge of His will. Okay? His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Now, the term filled is a key word in Colossians. If you read throughout Colossians, Paul uses this in the different verses from chapter 1 to chapter 4. And talks about being filled. And what does this mean, filled? Okay, let's just go deeper. 
when you say filled, it carries the idea of being fully equipped. Okay? Fully equipped. It was used actually to describe a ship that was ready for a voyage. Okay? Have you ever ridden a ship that was not ready for a voyage? Boy, no, no life vest, no lifeboats. You know, hindi na nangyayari sa Philippines yun. It doesn't happen anymore. But before, you know, uh, ride at your own risk. Okay? Because that, that ship was not fully equipped. But what, what Paul was saying, this kind of filling is equipping you, having everything that you have already, and go to that voyage. In other words, the believer, what he has in Christ, okay, it's complete for his, his or her voyage in life. Okay? Have you ever seen uh, one of the largest ship in the world? We all know Titanic, right? We've watched the movie Titanic, right? Now this ship is three times larger than that, if I'm not mistaken. Five times larger than that, I'm mistaken. Okay, <laughs> it's called the Oasis of the Seas. It's five times bigger than the Titanic. 330 meters long, 16 decks high, 73 meters wide, 225,000... I don't know what that is. Gross what? Tons. Okay, thank you, bro. Uh, 8,460 passengers that they can accommodate. Now, this Oasis of the Seas offers passengers, okay, uh, a two-story loft suite, luxury suites measuring... 150 square meters. Can you imagine that? Whew. The, ship, the ship also has a zip line, a casino, a mini golf, multiple nightclubs, uh, several bars, lounges, karaoke bar, comedy clubs, swimming, five swimming pools, volleyball courts, basketball courts, theme parks, nurseries. Many of the ship's interiors are extensively decorated by a you know, famous muralist. Okay? There was a recreational center, athletic entertainment, etc., etc., and they also have these central park features. Wow. Boutiques, restaurants, bars, etc., etc. So what, what is it saying? It's saying, hey, you can actually live here. I'm complete. All you need to do is ride my boat and we're going to go set sail. And that's basically what Paul was saying. To be filled with this certain knowledge is like you're fully equipped. That's his prayer. And that's our prayer today. That all of us will have, be filled with the knowledge of God's will. Let me show you in sec, uh, Colossians chapter 2, verse 10. Paul says, and you, can you turn to your neighbor and say, you, you have been filled in Christ, who is the head of all rule and authority. In other words, you've got everything. So don't add. That's what he's saying. You've got everything in Christ. But we need to understand that this knowledge of God's will does not come from us. Okay? Do you think that that was revealed to you instantaneously? No. In fact, it was revealed to us by the Holy Spirit. Do you realize that every time Pastor Ariel preaches a word here and then it actually ministers to your heart, do you think it's Pastor Ariel doing the job? It's not. It's the Holy Spirit working through the Word of God, changing what's inside of us. And that's what's happening. When, it, when, when Paul says that you may be filled with the knowledge of God's will, it's the Holy Spirit 
through the Word of God, giving us that revelation, that fresh revelation. Wow! That totally changes you. Right? And how many of you have, you know, have been actually changed by the Word of God? Come on, lift it up. Okay, that's about 80%, 20% of you coming later. But all I'm saying is that when you are filled with the knowledge of God's will, with the outworking of His Spirit, with all spiritual wisdom and understanding, the Holy Spirit works in all of us. And that's His prayer. Okay? 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 5 says that your faith might not rest in whose wisdom? In the wisdom of men, but only in the power of God. You know, realize it, you know, believe it or not, today I'm preaching here not because of my own wisdom. And I say this in all honesty, we've been uh, in our couples retreat ministering there, and this is what we call grace. I was asking Pastor Ariel, Pastor Ariel, how do you do it? Every single week, busy, busy, busy. And at times, Lord, how do we really put our time together just to preach the word? I realize that it is really the outworking of the Holy Spirit, the power of God. Every time when we, we, when we move our mouth, when we speak the word, this takes place. And then we grow because of the outworking of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Praise God. Now we understand that the will of God, we understand the will of God through the word of God and the work of the Holy Spirit. So everybody say fullness. So Apostle Paul was praying fullness. The second prayer that he was praying for is this, fruitfulness. Everybody say fruitfulness. <laughs> I love fruits, okay? I, I came home last night. I thought there were still fruits and yeah, they ate it. So I feel bad. But that's not part of the preaching. But this is part of the preaching in verse 10. It says, So as to walk in the manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to Him, bearing what? Fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. So as to work in a manner worthy. Everybody say worthy. You know, worthy, the meaning of worthy is of equal weight. Of equal weight. When you say this is worth it or God is worthy, of equal weight. There is heaviness. There is weight. Because it is not enough for us just to know God's will. It is not enough for us to possess understanding and wisdom. Here it is. We also need to apply. Everybody say apply. Because you could agree with me today when I'm, when I'm saying, when I'm preaching. You say, Pastor, that's good. Yes, I understand what you're saying and I, I, I find the wisdom there. But here's the thing. You don't get to apply it then it does not bear fruit. You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, if you're just hearing this and you're seated there and you're agreeing but yet not doing, then it's not bearing fruit. You see, if we want to be worthy of the Lord, we need to apply what we have taken from God, the Word of God, apply it in our lives. The critical point is putting what we know into practice. Okay? In other words, when you want to be equal, okay, believers are to equal the Lord's standards because God is holy. Remember in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 15, it says that, you know, to be holy because God is 
holy. That's what it means to walk in the manner worthy of the Lord. Fully pleasing to Him in every way. In fact, if you want to be pleasing to God, you're already anticipating that if I'm going to do this, it will please God. If I'm, not going, to, if I'm going to do this, it will not please God. That's the kind of worthiness that we ought to walk. We got to be, be careful because we have already a spiritual understanding, right? We have that understanding and yet not walk it, not being holy like God, then we miss the whole point. We need to bear fruit. You see, good words will not do without good works. Many years back when I was in high school, I got a picture frame. Uh, before uh, I got it from a, a store called Bookmark. You ever, ever, you ever, I know, if you were born in the 80s, yeah, we had Bookmark before. And yeah, Bookmark. Is it still in existence? Oh, praise God. But from where I come from, it was the like national bookstore. Okay? It was like that. And I have, I have this picture frame. I couldn't, you know, I cannot, you know, part with it. So I bought it, brought it to, my, to our home. And even to this day, okay, it's still in existence. It's older than my kids. And it says there, the smallest deed is better than the greatest grand intention. The smallest deed is better than the greatest grand intention. You see, good words will not do if there are no good works. Being fruitful in every good work, this is what we aim for. And that's the prayer of Paul to the Colossian church. He says, you know, you got the word of God, you, you believed in God, you love God, you have the salvation, great. But you don't stop there. There ought to be a fruit of that. Okay, let me share to you something from 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 21. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from what is dishonorable, he will be what? A vessel for honorable use, set apart as holy, useful to the master of the house, ready for every good work. And think about that. I mean, all of us, you know, all of us, have been saved by the grace of God. Amen. We were taken from darkness into His glorious light right now. That's why we're here today listening to the message. But yet it does not stop there. Because from an unholy being, right, He now makes you holy so that He can use us for good works. That's basically what Paul was saying. We must abound in good works, in every good work, not only in some of the good works, but in all the good works. You know, Pastor, I like the idea of uh, missions, right? Uh, sometimes, and this, don't get me wrong, okay? You want to pray for the missionaries? That's great. You want to uh, send a missionary by uh, partnering with our missionaries? That's great. But it's another thing to be the missionary out there. In fact, this is my plugging. Next week, you got to pray for me. Our, our team, after next week, we're going to Mongolia. Okay? To the deserts of Mongolia. <laughs> it's one thing. Did we say, no, I'm, I, I, I don't want that. Pastor, I don't want that. No. Because there's a good work that is in store for all of us. If only you understand His will for you, 
guess what? You can abound in every good work. John 15, verse 8 says, By this my Father is what? Glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. How many disciples do we have here in church? <laughs> we are disciples of God. Can you imagine that there's every good work awaiting for all of us? Whether you are in a government, whether you're in a business field, whether you're in a field of education, guess what? There is a good work in store for you. Why? Because you will glorify God. That's, that's, the, that's the neat part. We glorify God in all the works that He has given us. And that's an amazing thing. And the third prayer is this. Faithfulness. Faithfulness. Colossians chapter 1, verse 11 to 12. It says there, May you be strengthened with all power according to His glorious might, for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has what? Qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. You realize that it can only come from the strength of Jesus Christ to all of us. That we can be faithful to our heavenly calling. It will take the strength, the power of Jesus Christ in our lives. So we'll be faithful to our heavenly calling. Therefore, all of us, we need the mighty strength of God. Because apart from God's strength, we are nothing. That's why the Apostle Paul once again says, may you be strengthened with all power. And that power is not a possessive power. It means dunamis, dynamite, where we get the word dynamite. Okay, It means inherent power. It's a manifested power only coming from the Lord. The grace of our Christian lives is really a result of God's power and work in our lives. That's why every time you, you, you visit a friend and then they, or you, a friend visits you and they know what, what happened to your life and then you could still smile and then they ask you, Pastor Rain, how are you able to smile despite the fact that you and your wife went through a major trial in your life? And Pastor Ian would always say, only by the grace and the power of God. See, that's a prayer that we have. The power of God lies within all of us. And if you don't know how to tap on that, guess what? You are missing half of your life. Can you imagine you're a Christian today and... And, you know, instead of being victorious every single day, you're, you're the kawawa Christian man. You know what I'm saying? You, you know, you're like a victim of everything, you know? Kawawa naman ako. Ganito lagi. Wala na lang nangyayari sa buhay ko. Ganito na lang lagi, you know? And that's not the kind of life that, that Paul was saying. Why? Because if, if you go through that, you know, that spiral, you know, down spiral of, of being depressed, discouraged, you don't have the power of God you, because you don't know how to tap in the power and strength of God, you go down to the depression and then you'd say, God, ayoko na sayo. I don't like you anymore. And that's the thing that happens. That's why Paul says, you know, you got to have the strength and the power can only come from Jesus Christ. Amen. In other words, spiritual growth and maturity can only come as we yield, as we humble ourselves to the power, to the permission, giving permission to the Holy Spirit or to God Himself to work 
in our lives. If you don't give that permission, God doesn't come. But yet, Paul says, may you be strengthened. You know, endurance, the meaning of endurance, it implies not easily succumbing under suffering. Okay? In other words, remaining under the trial. Okay? Patience, on the other hand, means this, self-restraint, which does not hastily retaliate. See, Paul, Paul knows that faithfulness requires patience. You cannot be faithful if you're not patient. If you're not long-suffering, and if you don't have the joy of the Lord, it's amazing. You know, a friend of mine just um, uh, stopped by the office last week, and he asked me this question, and I was just, I mean, I was speechless. I didn't know how to answer him. He said, bro, how are you? I'm good, I'm good. Tell me honestly, are you happy? And I said, wait a minute. I thought of that, you know, I really, I really thought of that and I wasn't able to answer my friend. Hey, may I be? And I said, wow. I slept through the night, went to our couple's retreat, thinking of this, I said, am I happy, Lord? Am I happy? And I realized, no. Happiness is so temporary. I realized that, you know, if that's the only thing that's, that's making me do my daily thing, I'm all for happiness, I want a happy life. That's not what God is saying. I'd rather have the joy of the Lord. It's a big difference when you're, you have the joy of God. It goes beyond happiness. I can be happy and, you know, because I have the joy of the Lord in the midst of my trials. You see, you cannot be faithful if you cannot be patient and enduring. It's difficult. And if you don't know where to tap into the joy of the Lord, then you have a problem. Every single day, you look at the mirror and say, Ito na naman ang buhay ko. Here we go again. You know, it's like, that's like tomorrow already, right? You wake up tomorrow morning, it's a Monday. Here we go again. <laughs> Church, we need to tap into the strength of God. We need to tap in this kind of joy that's long-suffering. Patience is born under trial and endurance in the face of hardship. It is needed. Everybody say, it is needed. It is needed. Let me read Romans chapter 5, verse 3. It says, More than that, we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance. And endurance produces what? character everybody say character and character produces hope and hope does not put us to shame because god's love has been poured into our hearts through the holy spirit who has been given to you and me can you imagine that's what we have in christ and if you don't know what you have in christ you're missing the full knowledge of his will my prayer today is that you'll have that full knowledge of His will. So going back to my friend, when I see him, I'll tell him, I don't have happiness, but I can have joy. Amen? 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 Because it doesn't really matter whether I'm happy or not, as long as my God is happy, you know? <laughs> I'm pleasing my God. 
You know, when you come to that point in your life, then praise God. Then, then, then you could be faithful. Amen. You know, um, let me just let me just share to you what Dr. Raymond Edmond said. He says that it it is always too soon to quit. How many of you kind of felt you wanted to quit your walk with God? Come on. Okay, okay, yeah, great. Thank you for being honest. Love you, bro. I know you, right? But that's that's a reality. It is always too soon to quit. Do not allow the problems, the discouragement, the troubles in life, you know, define your future and say, that's it for me. I quit. James chapter 1, verse 2 to 4, and this is from our New Living Translation, says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has has what? A chance to grow. So let it grow. Not let it go. Let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. How many of you would like that? How many of you would really, really like that? You know, in our couples retreat, um, well, we started Friday, Pastor Jojo and Ida shared this, and I want to share this to you so that you have a sneak peek on what happened, all right? And he shared this verse, and I was amazed by it. And he was talking about problems in life. And then he, he gives us three lessons, okay? We, just don't, we don't have to note it down, but you can if you want. But he shares this, this lesson. He says, God uses problems to direct us. In other words, God allows painful experiences to make us change our ways. And he shared Proverbs 20, verse 30. He says, Sometimes it takes a painful experience to make us change our ways. So when you're going through tough times, when you are you want to give up, you want to quit already, okay? So I'm talking to those who wanted to quit. Okay? Understand that God is redirecting you. Understand that God loves you so much that the painful experience that you have today is being used for His glory. Secondly, Pastor Jojo said, God uses problems to inspect what's inside of us. You know, if, if we were to have an x-ray vision of your heart, <laughs> we'll find out what's inside. You know, it's amazing, Miss Ida, you know, quote this, uh, this, this uh, not word, but let me quote it. He sa- she said that people are like tea bags. If you want to know what's inside of them, just drop them into hot water. That's how it is. Will we be able to stand when we, have, when we are under pressure? God uses problems also to bond us together. And that's quite true. For every husband and wife that are here today, you know, the problems we face, the trials, the tribulations, everything about our lives, it helps bond us together. And I like that. God is with you in your problems. And it is those times that God bonds you together. Amen? As I end, three prayers. Fullness, fruitfulness, and faithfulness. These are the three prayers that Paul prayed. And this is our prayer for all of us. 
that we may be full of God's will and spiritual wisdom, fruitful in every good work, and faithful in all circumstances in our lives. Amen? So, as I bring this to a close, this is just the main point. Knowing the fullness of God's will empowers us to live fruitful and faithful lives that is pleasing, holy to God. That's what will happen. My question again for you today, do you know God's will for your life? So my prayer, my prayer today is that all of us will find out, just like Paul, and I'm praying to myself as well. Let's just bow down our heads and pray. Father, we ask, Lord God, that we may understand the fullness of your will for us. Lord, give us wisdom and understanding. Lord, help us, Lord God, to be fruitful in our walk with you, abounding in every good work. Lord, I pray that whatever circumstance that we face in life, Lord, we will remain faithful to you. We ask, Holy Spirit, that you touch each person who's here today. Bring about, Lord God, that change in our lives. Thank you, Lord God, for your word. We bless you. We bring you or we give you back all the glory and honor in Jesus' name. Amen.